Hello, you're listening to Just Screen It, Case Studies in Creative Distribution. I am your host, Colin Stryker, and I am not an expert in creative or self-distribution. I'm an independent filmmaker working towards making my first narrative feature, uh, a horror film entitled The Grove. As I've been contemplating my own eventual distribution strategy, I've become fascinated with the notion of self-distribution, but I've found that it's really hard with all the information that's out there to really get a good idea of how it's worked for people. So I decided to start this podcast to help capture some of the experiences of those who have already been through it, uh, whether successful or otherwise, and from those experiences, help both listeners and myself better understand this really complex, crazy landscape of independent film distribution today. So each week, I'll be bringing on a filmmaker who has self-distributed or used creative or non-traditional methods to distribute their film. My hope is that future filmmakers can take the knowledge gleaned from this show and use it to make their own decisions on how to best distribute their films. Hey, everybody. Uh, before I get to my interview, I just want to give a quick shout out to Bowie Nichols, who was kind enough to uh, review the podcast on Apple Podcast for me. Uh, Bowie writes... Wonderful, hard-to-find info. Colin and his guests pull back the curtain on the realities of indie distribution. Invaluable stuff. Thank you so much for that, Bowie. That's uh, really helpful. Really means a lot. Um, definitely helps to hear that I'm reaching filmmakers out there. It helps to see the download numbers keep going up. It helps to get some feedback from people, to hear from people via email about how the show is doing. Uh, and uh, just encourage anybody else who wants to write in and and uh, let me know how you think the show can be improved. Um, you know, what kinds of questions do you think I should be asking that I'm not asking, that kind of thing. Uh, anyway, I'm very excited to bring you my next guest today. Uh, Ashley Maria and Leanne Burst are the director-producer team behind Pioneers in Skirts, a documentary following Ashley's own story as a director in Hollywood, um, the sexism and stereotypes she faced, and a candid exploration of how we can all work to shift the tide towards equality and fairness within the Hollywood system. It's a dexterously lighthearted and at the same time serious film that certainly opened my eyes to how much of this stuff we are still dealing with after all these years. Uh, Ashley and Leanne happen to be daughter and mother, but the takeaway here is how hard they've worked as a team to self-distribute this important film through a targeted, well-researched impact campaign. Uh, this is a bit of a shift for me in my interviews, as up until now it's been uh, narrative features, a lot of genre filmmakers, but I do certainly want to throw more of these educational and social issues films into the mix as they're a very important part of independent filmmaking today. Uh, even though Ashley's story arises from the kind of disappointing state of gender equality in the film industry, the story of making and distributing Pioneers in Skirts is an uplifting one and a valuable lesson in how to get out, get a film made, and get it in front of eyeballs with passion, creativity, and hard work. Uh, it was such a pleasure to speak with these two. I want to get right onto it. So without any further delay, I bring you my conversation with Ashley Maria and Leanne Burst. So I'm Ashley, and I'm the director of a documentary called Pioneers in Skirts. And it follows my own story as a director in Hollywood to understand what women are confronted with in their careers. And more importantly, what do we do about it? How do we uh, shift the tide? It started because I was already a filmmaker. I was already working as a horror director, actually, and a comedy director and won some amazing awards, but then was uh, treated like, oh, you're a woman. That's so cute that you can do this. <laughs> so just taking that back with me turned to be really, it turned out to be really tough. And then Leanne is my mom. 
And I actually told her what I was going through. And she knows I've wanted to be a filmmaker since what, five years old. So the fact that I was looking at my career differently and wondering if this was really what I wanted made her go, oh, hell no. And started saying, okay, what's going on, Ashley? This looks a lot like what I went through in my career. Has it really not changed that much? So we just started making a movie about it together and it became Pioneers and Skirts. So that's kind of her introduction too, but... For me, like I said, just been doing this since day one, and here we are. Yeah, cool. Yeah, Leanne, anything to add? Any any background information you want to give on yourself? Of course. Well, you know, I was not a professional filmmaker when we decided to do this. Ashley and I had made a few films together, but mostly she was making things that I was interested in, and she was the director and telling me what to do and that kind of thing. My background's in brand management, no filmmaker here. But when we we started making the film together, it was mostly at the beginning thinking, oh, let's try and figure out what's going on. Let's, let's use the, you know, let's lose the process of making a, a documentary to figure this out. And we thought we'd make a short film as we had already in the past several times. But the the deeper we got into the topic, we, the the worse the topic was, mm-hmm. and the more we realized there was more meaning to a, a feature length. I guess we can tell you how I ended up sticking around and what's what's happened to me since. Sure. But at the end of the day, now I'm I'm a producer. I've oh. stopped working in technology. Oh wow! And now okay. I work in the film industry, and it's it's mostly to do what I'm doing now. Cool. Yeah. All right. We'll definitely get get more into that uh, as we go along and talk about you know the making of the film and 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 particularly the the distribution of the film. I am curious though to kind of go back a little bit, Ashley, with sort of your history prior to making Pioneers and Skirts. Kind of what other I, I know you said horror films, but if you can give a little bit more detail on kind of what kind of films you worked on, and uh, you know certainly. Uh, you know, I, I don't want to stray too far from the topic at hand and the topic mm-hmm. that, you know, interested interested in you and got you to make Pioneers and Skirts, which is some, you know, not so great experiences in making yeah. that that film. Um, but, you know, just to get some background info too, just kind of what what making those films was like and, and you know, what kind of got you started with that and what your goals were and all that stuff, just to kind of flesh out the, the whole story, sure. if, if you would. Yeah. So Pioneers and Skirts is my first feature, first feature doc, first feature okay. project. Uh, but so everything before that were short films, short documentaries, short narrative, and uh, primarily made under the umbrella of school. So oh, okay. I was at UNC Chapel Hill in North Carolina and then went to USC School of Cinematic Arts in California. And there in both of those places, I was making stuff, you know, at USC, it was uh, Friday Night Fright, which uh, is a like a short film about a little boy watching a TV show. And then the TV show starts talking back. Mm-hmm. That was very, you know, of my brand. And then a, a superhero film called Volcano Girl. Hmm. And both of those projects led me to new opportunities outside of film school. Uh, But like I said, each one had this um, cloud of uh, you're a woman, I can't believe it. You know, even uh, especially in the horror world, there's a lot of women who are really supportive of each other because Hmm. we know how quickly we get knocked down. So we all it's it's actually quite, quite tight. Hmm. Um, I did have Wes Craven's stamp of approval. He was like, Ashley, your film's amazing. You know, your grasp on on horror is or on comedy is going to be what makes you a great horror director. You know, 
all of that was great. All of that was great. I think was what really just took it down a notch and made me rethink my career is just the little inequities women experience every single day. Like you can never really pinpoint one thing that happened. That was the moment. Um, It's just every single day, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Most, you know, obviously Wes Craven was fantastic. It was, it's just like my peers, Mm -hmm. how, how they treat each other made me see like, I don't think this, like it felt toxic. It was a tough, tough environment. Yeah. Now on the other side, now after lessons learned because of pioneers and skirts, I see how to react in those situations because it's still very much there. It's still very much alive, mm-hmm. but uh, now it doesn't affect me as much. Mm. So, you know, it's it's tough being a filmmaker when your story as a filmmaker becomes the story. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, I've had a lot of time to analyze it and yeah. put it in a movie. <laughs> yeah. And and uh, you know, I'm I'm sorry to hear that you had such troublesome experiences just kind of trying to get your career started. It, you know, we like to think every decade that goes by that we're dealing with these issues better and better, but they're still there. I, you know, I know they're still there and uh, as a, you know, as a <laughs> you know, basically straight white male like, you know, I know that I'm in that privileged position and you know, not trying to <clears throat> be too yeah. I don't know, you know, but but you know, I'm I I want to be an ally to to female filmmakers that have um, experienced those kinds of issues, or you know, even if they haven't experienced those kind of issues, I certainly want well, to be an ally. So hopefully, after yeah. watching Pioneers, um, you felt like it was talking to you too. You know, oh it's sure, like, how yeah. can you help too? Because that's like Pioneers was the movie I needed. You know, yeah, that's yeah. what I needed. Yeah, yeah, I think so. And and I, you know, it's. Uh, uh, probably goes without saying, but I'll say it anyway, that it's, you know, this is not a problem for women. This is a problem for men. It's, it's, you know, mm-hmm. it's something that men need to be aware of and, and work out. So, but you know that <laughs> yeah, I'm just yeah, kind of ec- sure. echoing that thought, but yeah. yeah. So I'm just curious, like before you kind of pivoted and and got into pioneers and in skirts, did you have a, a kind of a different vision of, of sort of what your first feature would be? And sure. uh, you know, like what, what was that? And what, what was you it know, like to make that decision to pivot to this instead? I am back to it. So I've pivoted again, if you will, okay. uh, narrative horror comedy, also family comedy. Mm-hmm. Both of those I'm really drawn to. So mm-hmm. comedy with, you know, a splash of pizzazz. That was always the intention. That was the goal. Yeah. I started making pioneers when I just, I mean, it's burnout. It's extreme burnout. Mm-hmm. You're just like, I'm throwing everything at the wall and nothing's happening. And there's so much narrative in this industry. That's like, that's normal. That's normal. That's normal. But when you're looking around and all your, the male colleagues are getting hired, but all mm-hmm. your female colleagues are not, uh, then you start to go, something's up with that. But I was yeah. so burnt that it was hard for me to even see it. And that's why Leanne coming in as my mom, but also as, you know, coming in from her product management background, from her tech background, from impact background, from, you know, marketing and just saying, oh no, don't give up. <laughs> yeah. Let's make, let's, uh, let's see. It wasn't supposed to be a big film. Like she said, it was supposed to be just something. Uh, what, what did I wish I knew? And then it turned into right. this odyssey because I saw beyond me and saw what other women were going through in other industries. And that, that, that was huge, but now yeah. I'm back to it. Like I said, you know, oh, great. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, and, well, just, and sorry, go ahead. And Colin, it, 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 it's like, what was she doing before that? Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to tell you as her friend and as her mom, right? (laughs) 
she was a student who did everything that nobody else would do or mm-hmm. got everything that people wouldn't get or the opportunities that everybody wished they would have. She was always going after these things and getting them. And she mentions Wes Craven. Well, she was on a TV series that he was preparing to launch. And they had two teams that were directing a scary movie. And only one person in each team could be uh, the director. And she was voted as the director of her team. And her team won the competition. Oh, cool. Right? Well, why have you never heard of it? It's because, unfortunately, he got really sick and then passed away at, yeah. in that same year, one year time frame. Yeah. It was horrible. But she's she's had chances like that, you know, winning the DGA for her one of her very first student films won a DGA award. Wow. And when she was in college, her thesis film, they, were, they only picked two students out of all the grad students to direct a specific type of thesis film where the university backs it up financially. Mm. And she's one of them. Cool. So she she's really good at this. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so you can imagine um, when she started calling me on a regular basis and I'd ask her how things are going. It was it was not a good answer. Mm. Um and it, it became a family situation. All of us were getting on the phone with her and say, well, you know, at first we thought, you know, what were you doing? What makes mm. you think what, you know, why did that guy do that? Did, mm. did you even make him think you were interested? Those kind of things. Oh, we, we did start that way. Yeah. yeah. Wow. But we had to, you know, yeah. we went through everything in our mind. I went through everything in my mind of, okay, maybe you know, maybe she needs to wear glasses. Maybe she needs to darken the color of her hair. Maybe she doesn't have, maybe she shouldn't wear makeup. Mm. Um, Because those are the things I had to do to get ahead in my career. I had to take away anything. I had to lower my voice. I had to take away any looks that I had. And I had to work twice as hard. And this is an absolute fact. But I was in absolute shock that she had to do the same thing. Well, she started doing those things and they didn't work. She'd drive on set and always was asked if she was somebody's girlfriend, always asked if she was crafty or makeup. And I was like, why does that happen there? Mm-hmm. Well, now we made a movie about it. <laughs> right? Um, and we discover, oh, that's the culture. That's the that's the monster culture there. This was when it first started happening. I don't know, Ashley, what was it? Twenty. 14, 2013, you know, it was not a good time. Yeah. <laughs> it was not a good time when I was going through school, but well, um, it's like unfortunate. I, said, the, I was just going to say the the narrative, like I said, it, at the time was, this is the industry. This is what happens. You just got to work hard. You just got to believe in yourself, you know, go for opportunities. So that's why I, I say like, I was, you know, mm-hmm. It was really hard to start this movie because so many people thought, what did Ashley do wrong? Yeah. That was really scary. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah, No, that's, that's, that's terrible. So, uh, I mean, I'll say that having watched the movie, uh, I really liked how, you know, it was both your personal story and and you were very much like, you know, kind of the central figure in it, but, but also uh, I liked how you went around and talked to lots of different people and got their perspectives, you know, particularly like you got the, the, the men, you know, there was that kind of, kind of male group that you got to talk pretty frankly about things and, you know, just sort of all of the kind of round table 
kind of discussions that you had. So, you know, that blend of kind of the personal and also just kind of get, getting really into it and getting everybody else's pers- perspective, I thought was was really effective and really informative. So I know. wasn't my story was not supposed to be in the film. Oh, interesting. <laughs> it was actually <laughs> trying to be behind the camera as much as possible. But what huh. we discovered is when people are not like, you know, Oprah Winfrey, you know, they're not really comfortable in front of the camera. And so I would sit with them and it became a discussion rather than yeah. an interview. Yeah. And that grew and grew and grew. And that became this movie where Ashley's story had to be in it because people were just thinking like, there's something about adding your own story that makes yeah. it more believable. Yeah. Like the statistics and everything, we can throw those out as much as we want, but until you see the real stories and meet the people, you don't realize that it's real. Yeah. Um, and so it just grew from there and it became my story. And that was scary too. Yeah, I bet. (laughs) I I do think that that was a good decision. I don't know. Anyway, for for me, I mean, who knows what it would have been if you'd you'd stayed out of it. And there's definitely something to be said for that, I think. But for me anyway, just having it have have that personal element to it really just made it sort of more more relatable and and made it gave me an emotional hook to be kind of attached to you and your personal struggle and not just have it kind of be an essay kind of situation, which is certainly doable in, in some other context. But I, I don't know. I thought yeah. that the way the way you did it and and putting yourself in it really brought it home for me as a yeah. uh you know an effective yeah retelling of of that story and that struggle. So yeah. How how long did it take you to make the film? Uh, just curious. Well it took about seven seven years. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Seven years. Wow. Okay. Oh, yeah. So what happened was we started making the film into a you know from a short then we pivoted to making it a feature. But we started following a story. So when you said, yeah. you know, you like the way that we went around, we actually literally fa- followed a story. We we bounced around talking to people. And from those discussions came other discussions with other people. Mm-hmm. So when we um, we did that, we had to make sure we had a story at the end of this whole thing, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so the first part was we had to make sure we paid for it. So in order to jump around the country to interview people, we didn't have the money in our back pocket after a while. So we had to fundraise for each trip that we went on Mm. and organize an entire crew, get them there and feed them there and have them a place to stay, that kind of thing. So we did that. And when the movie was was over um, and we went through post-production, we had to pay for that. So we had to fundraise for that. We ended up doing uh, the sound at Skywalker. Mm-hmm. which was very cool and yeah. and such a good lesson for me on on how to do sound. Uh, we had to go through all those steps, color correction, everything. And then just when we finished the film, when we started showing it at, at film festivals, and it was doing very, very well, mm-hmm. winning at film festivals, mm-hmm. we uh, we had the pandemic hit. So we we had planned to screen the movie in... April 2020 at IMAX. We had an IMAX premiere planned. Oh, everything was going great. We were on NPR. We were on television. <laughs> we were doing everything. And then, wow. Yeah. <laughs> we had to pivot again, right? Yeah. And we officially came out with the movie in August 2020, but never really started screening in-person screenings yeah. until this year. Fast forward now to today, we're actually kind of launching the film this year. This is wow. all over again. Right. Uh, we in, we ended up at South by Southwest EDU screening the film. We were nominated for an Emmy. 
Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, now uh, we just got accepted into um, Women Deliver, which is in Rwanda. It's a global, a huge, like 25,000 people attend event. Wow. So the All movie's going to yeah. Oh, yeah. It's it's amazing. It's yeah. absolutely amazing. So we're, we're now like as much as you know, like it took us about seven years to make the movie. And then now we're just kind of skipping, jumping into 2023. Yeah. <laughs> to, to premiere it. Right. Right. Well, I oh. think what's interesting about that, Colin, is, you know, obviously it was such an, a, a personal piece to start. And so you don't just let that go, <laughs> you know, you go, okay, we are not going to put it on a shelf. We gave our life for this. You yeah. know, it was such a personal journey for both of us. So uh, now on the other side with the pandemic slowing us down, we are looking at this now as uh, a do-over. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. And and I, I totally get what you're saying. Like, you, you know, there's the, there's the personal aspect of, you know, this is just something that you worked on that you're passionate about that you want to get out to the world and you want to do it everything to get it out there. But there's also the, you know, sort of social impact aspect of it. You don't want to mm-hmm. abandon that message. You want that message to get out as well. Uh, you know, and those two aren't, se- aren't, that's, aren't separate, but still yes. it's like both of those are, are great reasons to want to push it out as much as you can instead of letting that pandemic situation kind of, you know, kill your thunder or whatever the expression (laughs) is. So, yeah. All of them. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So, Leanne, at what point did you come on? And and just just to be clear, basically the way that the roles separated out sort of credits wise, Leanne, you're sort of the producer. Ashley, you're the director. Is that how that, I don't remember exactly what the credits were on the movie itself, but that's that's how it panned out. Yeah. So at what point, Leanne, did you kind of decide to come on that you were going to be a producer was that really early on um, or did it take a while for that to kind of set in it was early on I decided to come on and help her out at the very beginning and then as we decided to make it into a feature and the costs came rolling in Mm -hmm. there was absolutely no way I could step away I I was needed and Mm -hmm. so at some point in there I decided to dedicate a hundred percent of my time to fundraising, to producing, to writing, to, to, yeah, help, you know, we both tag team on on scheduling. She taught me a lot about, you know, what do you do on set all day? You know, Mm -hmm. how do you schedule that? How do you make sure it's right? Um, But we tag team on quite a lot. I learned a lot, but at the very beginning, it was just the two of us. Mm -hmm. She, she taught me how to hold a camera. She'd be on camera with somebody and I'd be the, I, I, I held the camera and I'm I'm doing the shoot. <laughs> Quite often she'd set up the camera and I'd be doing sound and she'd give me the sound gear and say, okay, this is what you're listening for. This is what you need to do. Let me know if you don't hear this or if you hear that. Mm-hmm. So it was just the two of us. So there's several scenes that you've seen in that movie that it was just the two of us. Yeah. Well, I mean, those are, you know, sometimes I made a documentary myself, documentary feature back in the the aughts. And I had just, I had a two person crew it was, you know, a camera mm-hmm. person and me doing sound basically with headphones attached to the camera, uh, yeah. you know, and, and sometimes that's the best way to do it because you're so nimble. You can just go anywhere and get into small spaces and you don't have to, you know, there's not a lot of logistical concerns about feeding and stuff like that. So, you know, that's definitely, that can be a great way to do it. Um, but at some point I think you did have a, a DP, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, did you, did you kind of expand your crew a little? bit as as things yeah. went along. Once people understood what we were doing, so once we had a sizzle trailer, we were able to convince friends, colleagues, even people who'd never been on a film set before just to come and take pictures. We make it look fun because yeah. it was, you know, yeah. and out of the norm because we were shooting in places other than Los Angeles. 
So we would build out from there. Never once were we able to really afford a crew. So most of the time we would actually barter. I also do production sound. So that's how our sound is real good. Mm, Um, Yeah, it is real good. (laughs) (laughs) So I'll give you that right here. Good, good. (laughs) So I would give a day of work if somebody gave me a day of work. So we Uh would just kind of barter and, you know, uh, do what we could to pay people a stipend, raise money, like Leanne said, for each step, mm-hmm. rather than trying to raise the whole budget at once, mm-hmm. doing it per trip, mm-hmm. call and call and get favors. You know, we yeah. um surprised how many times you can get free pizza and even a free hotel mm-hmm. if you just call. So that was really inspiring too, especially with this kind of message. I think a lot of people really wanted to support. It was back when the conversation was just about like, women need to fix themselves. And Mm. Leanne and I refused to believe that Mm -hmm. uh, because we had done the research. We saw like, well, obviously this kind of message is not working, first of all. And second of all, it's not women's fault. So that that really, I think, uh, got a lot more people to to jump in, a lot of women and a lot of men on purpose. Yeah, I remember there was one time I had a sound person and a camera person. And I, I, at one point, I just stared. I was like, what else should we go shoot? What are we doing now? Let's go yeah. do something else. Like you guys are both here. I don't know. Right. It, was like, it's, it's it, was a, it was such a luxury. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> what did you um, end up going to shoot? Well, we so that one, if you remember, that was at the uh the robotics competition. Oh yeah. So we just uh, I love around. that part of the story, by the way, just like yeah. following these kids and and yeah. They're, they're the best. Yeah, yeah. That was great. But what was we did was, Ashley, you're probably not remembering, but we had well, to obviously. market. <laughs> Say it again. Right? We, had to, we had to do marketing at the same time because each time we yeah. did a shoot, yes. the, the the front end of it was calling and begging for free everything, free mm-hmm. car rental, free hotel, free food, um, free makeup. You know, you, you, you try and do all those things. And surprisingly all over the United States, people stepped up and were very honored that they did to, to help us on set. But at the back end, we had to let people know what we did. Mm -hmm. So we did these little videos. So we would go and just give an update. So Ashley would go to the top of a building. I'm horrified of heights. And she'd be up there talking and saying, Hey, we were in town today and this is what we did. That was um, the Seattle space needle. (laughs) So that was kind of one thing that we did do is we would take our crew to like the local spot. Yeah. So we we went up to the Space Needle. And then do you remember in Colorado, we went to the, um, what's the name of that hotel where the Stanley Kubrick, what is that? Oh, Um, Stephen King. Yeah, that hotel that it's based on to like the haunted room. And And the uh pet cemetery was there. It's where he wrote um, The Shining. And then we shot the update there and the crew was there to help shoot the update. And it just, you know, sometimes we did woman on the street. So instead of a man on the street, we did a woman on the street. So we'd have a microphone and just stop people walking in the road. And we'd have our crew there and uh, just get just gauge their opinion on the topic. Yeah. Um, especially in that town. It's very enlightening. But so we used all those things as marketing. Uh, Sometimes we had fundraisers. Uh, One time, Ashley said that she would go on the Hollywood Walk of Fame to sing a song if people would donate money. And so then we had a crew to go shoot her singing with the Incredible Hulk Wow. (laughs) That one's still online somewhere. (laughs) Wow. Uh. 
That's uh, um, yeah, that's really putting yourself out there <laughs> for your movie. I that's guess. what we did. So yeah. Leanne's the ideas, and I go out and do it. No. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. That's a great story. So yeah, so it sounds like it was you know obviously you've said this that you didn't have a bunch of funding up front that you just kind of raised funding as you went along. So kind of to bring it to distribution a little bit, like did you as as you were kind of setting about making this and as you're realizing it's going to kind of it's turning into a feature you're kind of going on and on are you mm-hmm. thinking ahead to distribution at all or are you just yes. right there just trying to raise money as best as you can and just worry about distribution later like what were your thoughts at that time about what what you might do with it eventually distribution wise so we did a lot of test screenings that I that really encouraged our strategy. And mm-hmm. it, for one, we noticed um, men's reactions immediately. Mm-hmm. And we're like, okay, we're doing we're going in the right direction there. Mm-hmm. And then we also saw how much uh, a company would embrace it or or people would want to have a conversation afterwards. And so we took the 90 minute version and cut it down to 60 actually. Mm-hmm. So we did like an entire cut that's 90 minutes that has more of my story in it. That is still on a shelf. Uh, the 60-minute cut became the big one uh, so that we could have conversations afterwards. It was meant for people to talk, to have an mm-hmm. event and talk. Mm-hmm. And that was encouraged by uh, other friends who had 92-hour-long movies and 100% of the time were asked to cut it down to 60 minutes, no longer than 60, uh, so that people could have events like this around their films. Huh. So we yeah, saw the 60 60- the 60 minute sweet spot was, you know, for the conversation, because that's the maximum a school or a company really can do look it for, yeah. but also for PBS. So we found out that if we had a 60 minute version, we can get it onto PBS. And once we did PBS, we thought, okay, maybe, maybe somebody else. And we did try those somebody else's. So what we ended up doing just before the pandemic, we sent out links, screening links and tried to contact Everybody, you know, everybody at Amazon, everybody that, you know, all the connections, we made connections and then we contacted these people. Mm-hmm. We, you know, we had a choice. We could have gone through an aggregator. We could have gone through an agent, but we had direct connections and people were not interested in that kind of movie. Um, the movie that we have, we know what it's about. We understand the value, but by late 2019, there were several movies out already about the struggles of today's woman and people were moving on and Mm. we we got the sense of that. So there's nothing we felt that we could have convinced them because they just, we could tell if they even watched the movie and most did not. Right. Just very blunt. Most did not. And they just said, no, 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 no. I don't want another, you know, Oh, what was me woman thing. Um, and we were insulted and we were upset, but we had to keep fighting on and we have, and things actually have turned out incredibly well. So now the movie is on PBS. It's very popular. We're getting great feedback from that point of view. Mm-hmm. And now we've been self-distributing and we've been to self-distributing to education and we, we split it up into three markets, right? Community type of events and then company events. And with my background, we were able to figure out how to price it and how to differentiate the three. Um, And one thing that we do very clearly is openly let everybody know on our website how much it costs. Mm -hmm. There's no, you know, you do have to fill out a form just so we can fill out the legal 
properly and send it to the, the screening host. But we're one of the few movies that post the pricing directly online and we provide tons of information so that people can make the right decision. And that's all in the name of impact, all and, in the and, name of that. And when you say pricing, you mean like for screening fees, is that, do I understand that correctly? Like not, not streaming, but, but actual screening fees to screen the film somewhere. And, and is that, does that typically like include you going there and doing like Q and A kind of thing, or is that just to screen it on kind of on their own? Like, can, can you provide a little bit more detail oh, on that? We do both. We, um, we have pricing to screen the movie on your own. Mm-hmm. And we have pricing, we have bundled pricing to screen so many uh, times and then bring us on board. Or we have pricing just to bring us in to do a keynote, or we have pricing for us to come in after a screening. Because of the pandemic, everybody's now really used to doing everything online mm-hmm. and doing Zoom. So it's quite common for us to be asked to come in at a lower fee to come in on Zoom and talk to the audience. And we've we've really done a really good job of that. Sometimes we speak to, now, even today, we speak to audiences in movie theaters. Mm-hmm. Um, we have to advise on how to do that, how to hook up your mic and how to, how to communicate with us through that because a lot of people don't know how to do that yet. Mm-hmm. We have one that's coming up in about, oh, next week. We're screening at a company and, and they're having all their European offices tune in. And it's going to be super duper early for us. Yeah, that's what's like... <laughs> 4 a.m. Yeah. Hello. Wow. <laughs> That's what we yeah. do. That's what we do. It's, yep. it's what we do. And we've been doing this during the pandemic. So as horrible as it was for us to have the pandemic at the same time we were about to come out with the movie, it also has helped us make some impact online, which is mm-hmm. incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and another point I want to make is when we did our research on, you know, what how do you make an impact with a movie? You know, what, what do you what do you do on the website? What, how do you price it? The other part of it is how do you make money? So we self-fund the impact in two ways. One is through a GoFundMe that we have. And the other is that all profits from the licensing fees goes directly into the impact fund. Mm. And so we use that money all the time. And if we get to a part in impact where we just don't have enough money, we actually go knocking on doors and we get people to sponsor an impact effort that we do. For example, we're just rolling out now all the theatrical uh, DCPs and we need to get lots of languages on there that are not just English. Mm-hmm. And that costs a lot, a lot of money. So we approached a company about that and they were booking the, the film and they're like, wow, it'd be nice if we had this kind of language, you know, for our Portuguese employees. And we're like, well, would you be willing to pay for that? Mm. And we'll give you the title of sponsor. Mm. And you get a quick yes, wow. because they want they want their employees to be part of it. Uh, they're not native English speakers, but at the same time, they get the accolades, they get the press release, that kind of thing. And we get the money and yeah. we get to we get to do our impact. Yeah. But um, Ashley and I need to make money too. And it's it's a big deal to us to let people know that if you make an impact movie, it doesn't mean you starve to death. Mm-hmm. It means you change. We, we work our butts off. We, we make sure and, and we dedicate a lot of our time to this film and don't get paid for it. Mm-hmm. So how can we possibly make any money and, and uh, go see a dentist from time to time? Yeah. <laughs> and so it's our speaker fees. And we work really, really hard to connect the speaking element 
to, and this comes back to your original question, and we work really hard to, to connect that speaking element to the impact itself. Yeah. And I think that's, pro- I'm sorry, Ashley, did you have more to, to Well, to I was add? trying to remember the initial question. It was like in the <laughs> editing process and we're like, and here's our whole impact. No, that's plan. totally but fine. That's, it's, it's entirely right. It yeah. is, um, we intentionally did test screenings so that the message we wanted to come across was coming across. Yep. I think it can get really tough as a filmmaker making a documentary where you want to make an impact. Sure, you can check these things off a box, but is the emotion there? Are mm-hmm. people really hearing what you want them to hear? And God forbid, if you've got that one friend who's like, when's your movie going to be done? You're mm-hmm. like, oh, God, <laughs> please. So um, if you actually watch our credits, it says for everyone asking when our movie will be done, it's done. <laughs> I remember that actually. Yeah. (laughs) I caught that. I always watch credits and I always pay attention. I'm not just one of those people who just like we said, out. So I saw that. (laughs) Yeah. You know, we wouldn't let it we wouldn't let it go uh, until it was really doing what we needed it to do. Yeah, that sounds great. If if you don't mind, I'd like to, you know, I try to get into numbers a little bit and and this it's always a little touchy. So you you are more than welcome to comment as much or as little on, on that as you want. But I am curious if you wouldn't mind commenting maybe on how kind of what the overall production costs for the movies were for the movie was. And I know that's probably given that you were kind of constantly raising money and doing kind of marketing at the same time, it might be hard to separate sort of production costs from marketing costs and and, and that kind of thing. But can you comment on that at all? What the, what your sort of final production budget was? So if, um, if we want to look at it, like when we, when we considered the movie done and when we transitioned into impact, mm-hmm. So that's how we look at it. We have the production, make the film budget, and then now we have the impact budget. And that's year to year. Right. So, you know, overall, over the course of what, seven years, it cost us over a hundred thousand to actually make the movie. And and, you know, frankly, most of that was in the editing mm-hmm. and in the post and mm-hmm. fixing a lot of the stuff we didn't do the first time, you yeah. know. But once we got into impact, you know, obviously the pandemic kind of switched that up a bit, but I'd say, you know, the marketing, we don't spend too much on marketing. You know, we're not like going out there and getting a a banner across the sky, (laughs) but we give ourselves a budget of about like 15,000 a year. Um, And that's in hosting, you know, video hosting, even just Canva using Mm -hmm. Canva to create promos. And again, we're not getting paid for any of this. So that's actually really cheap because that's, that's paying for the actual products that are happening or going onto Facebook and saying, can you advertise to everybody in Zambia for this event we're hosting Mm -hmm. online, you know, like that's, uh, that's an element of it. You know, when we, when we screened at South by Southwest, we were printing flyers, posters, postcards, stickers, and then spending hours putting those stickers on postcards. Everybody knows how to do that. But it's being but we, very creative, Ashley. I yeah. think I think um, I think that's the part that is that is important. Most people don't have that kind of money, and when you apply for these grants, most people don't get them, mm-hmm. right? So we're we've applied for a ton of grants, and we get them from time to time. But we've learned very quickly that you have to do everything yourself and mm-hmm. everything is done right when you create relationships. Yep. So uh, back to that South by Southwest comment, putting those posters up, 
that meant that we had to make friends with the people at South by Southwest and talk to them about the the post. Hey, if I put this up, will you guys take it down? Can I put it here? Would this be yeah. good? And is this a good spot? Do you think people will be walking through here? Everybody saw the posters. Mm. Everybody saw the posters. We didn't have the kind of money to print 200 flyers mm-hmm. to hand out, but we did have the time to, to, to tape up you know, 20 posters that we created, printed out, put them in our suitcase and flew there. But everything is being creative, a special way to get the word out, getting other people to share things, getting yeah. you to talk to us, for example, yeah. about yeah. the movie. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, That's part of our marketing campaign. Sure. Yeah. That's, that's what it's all yeah. about. Yeah. So just to not to harp too much on, on, on money, but I, I like to try to get a little bit of information out about this because it's hard for filmmakers. It's hard to to get to numbers. Um, and so that's kind of part where this podcast is mm-hmm. about. It's trying to talk about numbers a little bit as much as we can, as much as we get filmmakers to do so. Um, so, you know, $100,000 roughly kind of production budget and then $15,000 a year. Are you able, Have you been able to make that money back or are you still kind of very much in the hole? Are you somewhere in between? Can you comment on that at all? Well, I would never consider us in the hole. And it's because everything was done through donations, fiscal sponsorship. Okay, right. Uh, So we're not, we don't have investors to pay back. Mm -hmm. Uh, That was important that we were clear with people that, Mm -hmm. you know, you're going to be a part of something because we knew it wouldn't make money. Mm -hmm. You know, it's really hard. And that's why I say most of that money that we get goes right back into the impact efforts. It's not going into anybody's pockets. Yeah. Do you have a, do you have a, like a nonprofit set up as an, Mm -hmm. as an umbrella organization to do all this? Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Fiscal sponsor. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's right. It's fiscal fiscal sponsorship. So I recommend to do that right away. It does get expensive after a while. Like that's part Mm -hmm. of our yearly expense, but it's nice to have just in case somebody needs it. Yeah. Uh, Another thing we discovered is um, a lot of times people, especially individuals want to give um, money, but they want to do it in a safer way than just writing you a check. Mm-hmm. So it's helpful to have that fiscal sponsor and it's helpful to have even the GoFundMe. It's tough because it both take percentage. So right. to have the fiscal sponsor, they take 8%. Mm-hmm. To have GoFundMe, they take about 7%, 6 or 7%. Yep. Uh, but you don't get uh, the EIN, the tax ID with mm-hmm. GoFundMe, you know, they, they just take that money and run. You're like, all right. right, right. <laughs> um, but yeah. And, and I, I also want to be clear, like the 15,000 is on the higher end when we do travel, when we mm-hmm. have to get it hotels and everything. And so that's why it can get more expensive. But if we're just looking at what are our day-to-day costs, we keep it so low. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so through, through a lot of these creative techniques, it, it sounds like that, that mm-hmm. you were talking about. So, yeah. um, so has any of this, if you don't mind answering, have you sunk any money into this on your own? I know you've sunk lots of time, but have you sunk yeah. any actual individual money in on your own or have you, or have you managed to get all of your funding through well, donations? You know, it's hard. It's a hard question to ask because yes, we've put our own money into it, but when you're putting your time, like I'm not taking other work. Yeah. Yep. So okay. I've put future savings on the line. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like, it's hard to say, oh, no, I didn't sink any money into it, but I also didn't make any money. Yep. And so there's five years there where my retirement fund was getting nothing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so right. okay. it's hard to it's hard to say, oh, yeah, I'm doing great. Yep. Yep. <laughs> at the very beginning, we made a conscious decision not to owe people at the end of the film. Mm-hmm. So when we started shooting, we also made the decision of, okay, this is the amount of money we're going to put in. Um, I put in a good 
fifteen twenty thousand dollars cash in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Yeah probably the 20. <laughs> and what we did, we, you know, when we started making this, we were like, oh, we got to get a better camera. So we bought a better camera and we waited mm-hmm. for Thanksgiving sale yeah. on Amazon. <laughs> and, you know, yeah. and, you know, all these things, we we did everything we could do to get things on a budget. Mm-hmm. Uh, we kept track. We I'm had sorry. a budget set. Ashley, what? What I just want to say, we even I applied once for a Mother's Day gift. We got a hundred dollar Amazon gift card, and we bought a battery with it. <laughs> That's Mom's great. like we, Mother's we Day. We did. Yeah. We did everything. I mean, we did more than that. So we would see. <laughs> we, we would see that. Um, I think Southwest was having a video <gasps> <Yes>. contest, <laughs> and we needed to fly. So Ashley went and made a video and won. Huh? And got airline miles. Wow. And we were just like, okay, what else can we do? So so you're asking the dollar amount. And we honestly can't tell you how much we earned. And like we went to DC and we were invited to the White House to shoot um, huh? at an event. And we were given really good access to the president of the United States, a whole bunch of people, but we didn't know how to get there. You know, mm-hmm. so we had to, oh, how do we get there? So we found an organization that through a friend that happened to be needing somebody to come in and shoot an event at the Navy Museum. And we were like, oh, we can do that. So we found a local videographer and said, hey, would you be willing to work with us and be part of our team? And the three of us worked together on the phone. And then we showed up and we shot this entire event. And the Mm -hmm. money we made paid for the entire trip. So it was constantly trying to figure out how do we afford, how can we possibly do this? What is the opportunity of today? And we still kind of do that. But during production, it was just a daily job in Mm -hmm. itself. So again, you asked how much did we put in of our own money? We put in a lot of our time, not just on the film, but in raising money to pay for the film. Is there any point at which any of this money that's coming in from donations is just kind of going to you as payment or are you just sinking 100% of your time unpaid into this? Wow. Okay. Well, like 100. we said, when we, when we speak, we, yeah. we okay. get paid. I want to be clear too, that not only are we telling filmmakers, this is what we went through. This is also for audience members. This is what that film took to get to your table, you know, uh-huh. to your screen. <laughs> sure. That's because true. I, I think another challenge we were confronted with is why aren't we just letting the movie go for free? Mm-hmm. And it was just because, you know, it, it loses its value, first of all, if it's free. Mm-hmm. And then we needed to to get paid for this, for this effort, for these services, because we had to pay for that thing that plays the movie on your screen. You know, we have to pay for those things. And so we have to have, we have right. to, we have to charge. Right. I think that makes total sense. And and I think we, we touched about, touched on earlier, kind of talking about planning all of that out and kind of deciding how much you wanted to charge, how much you wanted to charge for speaking fees, that kind of thing. It sounds like you put a lot of thought and research into yeah. that kind of like figuring out what the right price point was for you know various things was that research hard uh, did it take a lot of kind of experimentation sort of you know raising the cost see how that works lowering costs see how that works or did you just kind of pick a number and just kind of go out there with it and that was that 
Definitely not of, the latter. <laughs> yeah, okay. like lots of trial and error. I lots mean, of trial and error. Lots yeah. of research, uh, seeing what people were more attracted to when they reached out to us. We intentionally mm-hmm. offer a lot more options than most filmmakers because we see how the film can be used in a classroom, in a boardroom, online, you know, having everything online to start made it a little more challenging to figure out what our cost could be. We had maybe three months of real cost and then the world shut down and then we went to online costs and now we're building back up again. We're very affordable for education on purpose Mm. so that they have it. And then um, it goes up from there. Like, like Leanne said, we're transparent and we had just, just like, we, we didn't know people would want to watch the movie with us over zoom. Mm-hmm. So we created a whole Zoom watch party. We did it once mm-hmm. with somebody, saw how much fun it was because they said, why don't we try this? We did it, had a blast. Everybody mm-hmm. loved chatting with us as we watched the movie together. So then we created a whole Zoom watch party event. Mm-hmm. And we we do Zoom watch or we do watch parties with corporations where mm-hmm. we may be live and it be screening live in an audience but they also have online attendees around the world. Right. And we'll be back in the green room on computers talking with the audience around the world. And then when the movie ends, you know, I'd like, oh, I remember the scene or this is great. Oh, I love the dad scene or something, right? Yeah. People are talking to us. We get, we go back on the, the movie ends, we go on stage. Um, we're broadcast live around the world. And this, it's a lot of fun to do that. Yeah. Um, we found out through, talking to people. So we talked to companies and we said, okay, what, you know, this is what we're trying to do. This is what it normally costs. Is this something that sounds good to you? Is this what you normally used to? We talked to schools to find out what that was like. We even interviewed educators to find out administrators in educational facilities to find out, hey, do you guys normally have a budget for a thing like this? And what happens if you don't? And we actually learned that don't be worried. They do have ways of get coming up with money. They act like they don't, but they do. <laughs> and that made us feel a lot better about asking for some yeah. fairness. But we did a, a lot of stuff like that. Or sometimes we'd meet people who used to work in a certain situation and we'd say, hey, you used to book movies, where would you find them? And uh, when you did find them, how much were was a good price for you? So comparing what our competitors were doing really wasn't helping. Mm. We we found out that a lot of our competitors were not booking the movie much, their movie. So mm. we kind of just threw that out the window and said, okay, what, what do we do now? So we just started calling or, or scheduling, scheduling calls. So if somebody would come up and say, Hey, I'm interested in doing a movie. We'd say, would you be interested in talking to us too? (laughs) You know, and you know, then we do something special for them, but yeah, yeah, it, it was a lot of hard work. Uh, We know that our price point is, is really, really good. It's on purpose. We don't want to overprice it, Mm -hmm. but we do need to make money to to further the impact of the film. So that's, it's it's working out pretty good right now. Yeah, uh, that sounds great. Uh, I I can only imagine, like just as you describe it and all of the stuff you do, how much work it is. Uh, uh, I can only imagine how much time you spend on the phone and how many emails go back and forth and all of this stuff. Like, wow, seems like an incredible amount of work. So, and as I understand it, you two are both basically working full time on this right now. You're not working other. I am. You are okay. I, I okay. am. Ashley is is. I think a fourth of your time is on the film now. Okay. She's she's 
Well, you know, I'm I'm I've now transitioned to working as a producer on impact films. Right. Okay. You know, I I I want to do what I'm what I have done on Pioneers and continue to do because this is a long term strategy. Mm-hmm. You don't just make a movie and put it on a shelf. Not yep. not in our line. Yeah. So we're working on another film. Ashley and I are about teenagers and and stress and anxiety and what they go through. And we're using a story of a superhero to do that. So that's a narrative, a little bit of a comedic spin to it. And Ashley wrote it. So we're working on that, but Ashley, you've got three other films you're working on right now. Yes. You know, going back to North Carolina to location scout for another short film and uh, looking to attach myself to a narrative feature, whether that be a family, you know, comedy or a horror. Uh, so juggling all of that, plus pioneers and skirts, I'll, I'll tell you what brings you back is the audience. Every yeah. single time you have a screening, mm-hmm. every single person's reaction, even yours today, you know, it's like, that's, that's why we did it. And that keeps us going. Um, when you hear little girls say out loud, I'm already experiencing this, mm-hmm. it breaks your heart and you work harder. Like that will always be there. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah I will say just, just a thought that, that occurs to me in regards to that is, uh, you know, I'm struck watching the movie and also talking to you now, how positive you are, even though it's about kind of a dour subject. I think that you're sort of like, you have sort of an exuberance to you as you approach this topic and, and you know, sort of a a positive outlook uh, of affecting change rather than sort of a more negative kind of, oh, this all sucks and we can't do anything about it. You know, that kind of thing. (laughs) Like it, it really comes through. And it also, I think comes through just in your talk about getting the, the movie out there, how much fun you're having, getting it out there, getting to audiences and stuff like that. You know, I think that's great. And I think that filmmakers who are setting about to, you know, do similar things need to ask themselves, are they enjoying it like that? And if they're not, maybe it's not the right thing for them because it's so much hard work. You have to have fun doing that hard work. I think if you're not having fun doing that hard work, then maybe it's not the (laughs) thing for you. So yeah, I hear you. I hear you. It's hard. We totally agree. Yeah. <laughs> being, a, being related really helps too. <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Everyone wants to know what's it like working with your mom. I'm like, <laughs> do you want to talk about it? Like, yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, I'm like we're fine. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I do have to ask and I hope it's not like, crying too much, but does, is that, is it ever not fine? Does it ever like, do you ever clash? And, and I, is, I, well, I mean, our personalities are a hundred percent, like we're both passionate people and yeah. I think we know that. So it, it's never a problem. Yeah. It only becomes a problem when we're both exhausted and we want to sleep and we know we yeah. have to send an email. And I'm like, mom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that's got to be so hard. I mean, I, I know like. Wanna, we yeah. want to just sit on the couch. Yep. <laughs> I just want to tell you that I was Ashley's number one fan before we made the film. Yeah. And as we were making the movie, I saw just how talented she is uh, mm-hmm. working on set with a crew of people, working on set with uh, people to interview or talk to or. Mm-hmm. Um, I was so proud as we were making the film of everything she knew to do or or did. And then um, even today, we tag team on our interviews. We tag team on the problems, the good things, the bad things. I'm just so proud of her. So I'm, I'm floating around in my life, watching my daughter doing what she loves to do and and succeeding the best way she can. And I feel this movie is so important to help her succeed and her colleagues, right, right? In, in Hollywood. 
at the same time, I, I, when I get on the plane and I spend time in Los Angeles where she lives, all her friends treat me like their friend. Um, they treat me like I'm, I'm a film because I, I actually can talk very intelligently about making a film now, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> a lot of, I, I went and got my master's through her, right. um, through Ashley. Yeah. But um, so, <laughs> you know, there's a reason why I made this film. There's a reason, a real good reason. Um, I, I hang out with these, these women who are fighting this battle every day. They know I get it. We understand there are times, there's no argument between Ashley and myself, but there are times where Ashley and I both can walk into a room and feel it and sense it and know who we have to go and support. Mm -hmm. So we've learned a lot along the way. We we want to spread that, that positiveness to other women and to men. And we want all of us to come together to improve the culture that we're living and working in and studying in, right? Mm -hmm. Um, if your listeners are interested, I mean, we're happy, you know, send us an email. Our email address is on the website, you know, pioneersandskirts.com and ask us questions. We're happy to share how we did what we did. We, it was a lot of, you know, lessons learned Yeah. and why, why make somebody else go through that? But mm-hmm. I totally agree. You have to be enjoying it or you have to be working with somebody who picks you up. And that's what our team, the two of us are are all about. You know, um, she knows that when I'm real tired, don't just cover me up. Just leave me alone. Cover yeah. me up. <laughs> right. And I know when she's real tired that I'll take care of it. Right. Yeah. So we have each other's back. And that's the that's the key point there. Yeah, sounds great. I mean, everything you say makes it just kind of hammers on the point that the two of you have formed such a great team with this. You know, I can only hope, uh, you know, I hope this doesn't sound like a platitude or anything, but I can only hope that this, the experience of of doing this and kind of the, the joy that you've derived from it and working together and stuff is, you know, a little bit therapeutic in the face of, you know, the actual problem that you're trying to address and, and you know, the sort of like, you know, that, you know, that challenge that still hangs over us, you know, even to this day, I'm sure. You know, I hope you I hope you find more joy in everything because you're able to have this yeah, experience of, of, of focusing on this campaign. I don't know if this is coming out the way I mean it, but it is. <laughs> yeah. It's okay. very nice. Great. Thank you. It, okay. it, that's a good way to put it. Thank yeah. you. That said, is, is there anything else that we didn't cover that you would like to cover? I, you know, just to give you a chance, anything yeah. else that go ahead. Just <clears> to, to let people know, I mean, your impact campaign is a marketing campaign mm-hmm. is how you get your movie out there. So no matter what kind of movie you're making, thinking about it as far as like what the audience is going to see on the other side. I mean, that that has totally changed how I make movies now. This has totally changed. And how they get involved, right? It's it's how the audience gets involved with your film. And, and right. you just look at the example of Star Trek or, you know, Ooh. Star Wars, <laughs> all the stars yeah. um, or the... Iron Man or whatever. And when you when you see these films, that people are getting involved and mm-hmm. impact is is all about getting people and feeling like they're involved and getting involved and feel feeling empathetic with your message. Mm-hmm. So I think it just, as Ashley says, it, it reaches across. Yeah, I think the number one thing we would love to get across is for people to come look. Mm-hmm. Come look at our website, watch the trailer. We do have the movie screening um, online now. So we have a separate campaign. We have a campaign for people to watch it individually in the comfort of their home. You just go to our our website, pioneersandskirts.com and click on watch the movie. And it shows you that it's on Tubi or Curiosity Stream. 
right? So the, well, and then <laughs> that remind fun. people, remind people that we get half a penny if you watch it on one of those. Um, but if you we rent make the it, big bucks when you watch you it, rent it oh. then, about half uh, a cent. Don't worry, don't worry, Colin. Yeah, I watched it on Tubi and like it just seemed like the easiest thing at the time. But I not giving you a hard time. No, 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 no. I I wasn't interpreting that way, but I did. I do want whenever I watch people's films that I interview, and I always try to watch their films when I interview them. I've I've, every single person I've interviewed, I've watched at least one of their films beforehand, and I always try to find out what the best way I can watch it. That the most money goes back to the filmmaker, even if it's just kind of a token gesture. And for some reason, I didn't. I didn't ask you that. Uh, I should have (laughs) because I just learned from him. Want to be able to do that, but (laughs) uh, if I wanted to watch it and and make sure that the most money got to you from watching it, where would that be? Vimeo. Vimeo. Okay. If you were doing it at home, but if you wanted to host it for your family, and yeah, then right. Sure. Do that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. So we um, have we have the two the two campaigns. One is yeah. watch it at home in the comfort of your home, and the other is host it to uh-huh. a group of people, whether it be students or company or nonprofit, whatever. Um, both have different strategies. In either way, we ask everybody to take our post-screening impact survey, which is really important for us. Um, It takes just like five minutes to finish in and out. And if you have an IMDB account, please go in and and rate us very nicely. (laughs) We would like that too. Yeah, makes a lot of sense. Sure. Yeah, I will certainly do that (laughs) and and, (laughs) encourage listeners to do it as well. Great. Anything else to add? Pioneersandskirts.com. Okay. Yep. Any other contact info you want to leave? You know, Twitter, Facebook, any of that kind of stuff. Who cares? No, <laughs> all that's on the website. Yeah. All that's on the website. All that's on the website. So yeah, it's important to be accessible and easy right. to find. Folks. Right. And yeah. So by we- who cares? I didn't mean mean that. I meant who cares about Twitter, <laughs> <laughs> particularly because oh. uh, what Twitter's going through. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to imply okay. that it didn't matter. I just like uh, you know. Well, you know that Facebook. We're all over it. Right, right, right. Okay. <laughs> Sounds good. Uh, okay, great. Well, it's been, like I said, it's been a pleasure talking to you, kind of expanding the kind of uh, type of guests that I've had on, the type of films they've been making. It's been really educational to me and, and I'm sure to my listeners as well. So thank you again. For oh, it's time. been fun. Thank you, Colin. Yeah, thank you. Awesome. <laughs> all right, that's all for today. Thanks everybody for listening. As always, if you enjoyed this episode, please consider rating and or reviewing the podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Uh, That is the best way that you can help me grow the show and reach a wider audience of independent filmmakers and others who just want to try to understand this crazy, crazy world of independent film distribution today. As always, feel free to contact me directly with any feedback or suggestions for the show, people you'd like to see me interview, or even just to say hi. You can reach me on Twitter or Instagram at darkrosecolin. Or you can email me at colin at darkrosepictures.com. And by the way, darkrosepictures.com is my website for my feature and other projects. And its purpose is not just to promote my films, but to tell the story with full honesty and transparency of my own personal filmmaking journey. Uh, So if you want to follow the process of an independent filmmaker from development to distribution, this is a great way to do that. Uh, It's a bit different from other websites that are out there, I hope, with uh, a little bit more emphasis on discussion and interactivity so fans can follow my work and communicate with me directly along the way. So check it out, darkrosepictures.com. Uh, Anyway, that is, as usual, enough of my own self-promotion. I want to thank Jesse Browder for editing this podcast. I want to thank Ashley Maria and Leanne Burst for such a great conversation. Uh, I have more great guests lined up in the coming weeks talking all things indie distribution. 
So stay tuned, keep making movies, keep getting movies out there into the world. And thanks so much for listening. Mm-hmm.